Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. I'm your host, Brianna Wilson. I am a certified dementia practitioner and the founder of Bamboo Care. So if my voice sounds a little bit different, it's because it's super early in the morning. I just woke up not too long ago, so my voice is not really prepped for today. But today's episode is actually part two of an episode we did about a week ago about coronavirus and dementia. We talked about how to protect both your partner and yourself, okay? So if you haven't listened to that podcast, then I highly recommend you listen to that one first. But if you want to listen to this one first and then go back, that's perfectly fine too, okay? So I will leave the podcast link in the description box. In today's podcast, I'll be answering some important questions that have come up kind of in regards to visiting your partners with dementia during this time and also in regards to the lockdowns that are happening at a lot of facilities right now. So if you don't already know, a lot of nursing homes, memory care facilities, assisted living facilities, even some independent living facilities are going into lockdown or only allowing essential visits. Now, I want you to understand that this is not really like a new phenomenon. This is not a new thing. Every facility has to have some type of infection control policy or plan. And depending on what's going on, the implementation of that said policy will vary. So facilities have done lockdowns before because of things like the flu or other communicable diseases. Okay, so like I said, this is not new. This isn't a unique situation per se. This also isn't unique to the United States either. Due to the spread of the coronavirus, some care homes, say like in the UK, are banning visits from families and friends and also hospitals are beginning to do the same thing by limiting visitors to limit patients' potential exposure to the coronavirus, okay? So I really don't want you to look at this as if you're being punished for being a quote-unquote outsider. China right now has the highest number of cases of the coronavirus worldwide. And the last time I checked, China has had about 80,000 cases of coronavirus with 3,100 of those cases resulting in death. And research from China, based on all the data that they've accumulated, has shown that people over their 60s make up more than 80% of the coronavirus deaths. That's huge, right? So this is an incredibly vulnerable population. And many facilities definitely don't want a replay of what happened in Kirkland, Washington, where if you don't know, they started out with 120 residents on February 19th, and they are now, as of March 13th, down to 65, with only 47 of those 65 still remaining at their facility. There have been 26 deaths total at this point, now, there are still residents on site who are positive for COVID-19. It's just that their symptoms are a lot milder, so they're able to quarantine them within the facility. They also currently have 66 employees who ended up showing symptoms of COVID-19 as well. And so now the facility is undergoing periodic cleanings to try to help reduce the risk of further spread. But as you can see, the coronavirus really took its toll on this facility. It did not play out in a very good way. And so a lot of other facilities want to avoid the threat of rapid spread, 
We don't need that, okay? So now some of this is mandated by the CDC. Some of this is by the CMS, which is Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. For others, it's state mandated, and for others, it's going to be like corporate or facility mandated. It kind of just depends. But I want to quickly read to you the latest update by CMS on March 13th. So it says, guidance for limiting the transmission of COVID-19 for nursing homes. For all facilities nationwide, facilities should restrict visitation of all visitors and non-essential healthcare personnel, except for certain compassionate care situations, such as an end-of-life situation. In those cases, visitors will be limited to a specific room only. Facilities are expected to notify potential visitors to defer visitation until further notice through signage, calls, letters, etc. Note, if a state implements actions that exceed CMS requirements, such as a ban on all visitation through a governor's executive order, a facility would not be out of compliance with CMS's requirements. In this case, surveyors would still enter the facility but not cite for non-compliance with visitation requirements. For individuals that enter in compassionate situations, e.g. end-of-life care, facilities should require visitors to perform hand hygiene and use personal protective equipment, such as face masks. Decisions about visitation during an end-of-life situation should be made on a case-by-case -case basis, which should include careful screening of the visitor, including clergy, bereavement, counselors, etc., for fever or respiratory symptoms. Those with symptoms of a respiratory infection, including fever, cough, shortness of breath, or sore throat, should not be permitted to enter the facility at any time, even in end-of-life situations. Those visitors that are permitted must wear a face mask while in the building and restrict their visit to the resident's room or other location designated by the facility. They should also be reminded to frequently perform hand hygiene. Exceptions to restrictions, healthcare workers, facilities should follow CDC guidelines for restricting access to healthcare workers. Surveyors, CMS and state survey agencies are constantly evaluating their surveyors to ensure they don't pose a transmission risk when entering a facility. So that's just an example of some of the mandates that have been put out right now. So with all these mandates and restrictions and limitations, I know a lot of people are having a hard time not being able to visit their partner with dementia. You know, some people are really sad and anxious about it. They're scared, they're angry, and others are understandably all of the above and then some, okay? So this is hard for everyone, but I want you to understand that your partners, your loved ones, your person's facilities are doing the best they can with this situation. Now, I know a lot of people are frustrated because people keep comparing the coronavirus to the flu and they don't understand what the big deal is. But one, I think what happened in Kirkland, Washington shows us why this is a big deal or could be a big deal. Two, like I said in the beginning, the same thing happens if there's a flu outbreak. The only difference is it's usually locally or very facility specific, whereas in this case, it's pretty much expanding to be worldwide, okay? Number four, it's important to understand that the flu has been around for a very 
very long time. Whereas right now, they are still trying to get an understanding of COVID-19. There's so much that we still don't understand about this particular virus. And right now there's no vaccine, there's no true cure for the coronavirus. It kind of just has to run its course. And either you're going to come out on top, you're gonna stay in it for a while, or you're gonna come out on the other side dead, unfortunately. With the flu, although there are different strains, we have a much better grasp on how to manage it, how to treat it, and how to recover from it. And though there are deaths every year from the flu, it's still just better understood. So the coronavirus is nothing to necessarily freak out about, but there are definitely important measures that must be taken to protect our most vulnerable members of our society, which are those living in care homes, care facilities, where they're in close proximity to other people and where tons of people from the outside are constantly coming in and out. Okay. Other vulnerable members of our society include people in general that are over the age of 60, people with multiple comorbidities, and people with just generally weak immune systems. So we have to be mindful. Okay. We don't want to take this situation too lightly. We really want to practice the social distancing. We really want to practice good hygiene. And when possible, we do really want to just stay home if we can. Okay, so let's get into some of the questions. Now, these questions won't be in any particular order. I'm just going to read them as I wrote them, essentially. So the first question is, should we still allow visitors to come to our house? Now, I personally feel like this is a personal decision, but if it were me, I honestly would probably not allow people to come to the house anymore, especially if my partner were over the age of 60 or if they had multiple comorbidities. It's really just not worth it. Plus, there are so many other ways for you and your partner to connect with people versus having to see each other in person. If you do decide to let visitors come, I would strongly advise that you let them take their shoes off before coming into the door or at least immediately sanitizing their shoes upon entering into the house. I would also recommend that you either make them wash their hands, which is most preferable, or use hand sanitizer. It might also be a good idea if you already have gloves and if you at least have a few to spare to give them gloves to wear while they're in your home. That would be best case scenario if you do decide to let someone into your home. But again, because the risk is so high and the vulnerability of this population is so high, it's really just not worth having in-person visitors at this time. Only like essential visits in my opinion. So for example, if you maybe have doctors or nurses coming into the house, maybe your partner's receiving like wound care services as well. That makes sense, okay? Now, if your partner is receiving something like home health therapy, honestly, therapy itself is not essential in most cases. And a lot of the times the therapist will give you and your partner like a home exercise program. So you could do the exercises with your partner instead of having the therapy come. And in most cases, we honestly prefer you to do those exercise in between sessions anyways. Okay. Now, outside of bamboo care, I do also work in home health. 
So right now, it's completely understandable for people not to want to have visitors in their home. The reality is that we go from patient to patient, we're constantly exposed to the elements all day, and although we try to take the greatest precautions to keep both ourselves and our patients safe, you just never know, especially because with this particular virus that's going around right now, it's a silent one. And usually by the time people become symptomatic, it's already kind of too late. So in my opinion, it's just not worth it to let visitors come unless it's just absolutely necessary to come. But again, it's up to you. The next question is, how would you suggest we check on our person in a facility? So this is another good question. So depending on the facility, you have different options available to you. So right now, there are many facilities that are given the option for telephone calls, video chats via like FaceTime or Facebook Messenger or Skype or Google Duo, those types of platforms to help you keep in touch with your person. So depending on the stage of dementia your partner is in and how willing the staff is to work with you, this could be a very viable option. Another option may be to record yourself saying like a little sweet message to your partner, just letting them know that you're okay, you hope they're okay, that you're thinking about them and whatever else you want to tell them and see if the staff can play the video for them. You want to keep in mind the attention span of your loved ones, so keep it short and sweet to the point if you can, okay? <laughs> but after you record it, see if the staff would be willing to show your video to your loved one. And this even works in some of the later stages where their sense of time is kind of off. So maybe they don't remember that they just watched a video, but maybe again later in the day they ask about you and then the staff can play the video for them again. So you don't necessarily have to record multiple videos, but you can. And it kind of just depends on where your person is at, what your goal is, those types of things. Now, some family members have also opted to like approach from the outside window and talk via the phone or through written notes. Now, depending on the stage of dementia, again, this probably isn't going to be the most appropriate option and there's a number of reasons. So there have been people who have tried to escape out of a window, not necessarily in this case related to coronavirus, but just in general. There have been people who have tried to break windows. Your partner also could be frustrated because they don't understand why you're on the other side of the window and not with them inside the room, okay? So it could cause a lot of confusion and distress. So I don't quite recommend this method if your partner won't have a good understanding of why you're on the other side of the window. Now, if your partner's in the earlier stages of dementia and they can understand and grasp the fact that the reason that you're on the other side of the window is because you can't be in there and you just wanna see them and talk to them, then okay. Now, another idea that people have been throwing around is for people whose facilities have limited visitation hours or possibly just limit the number of visitors but have not completely restricted visits. So some people have mentioned the idea of installing a camera in their partner's room in case they can't visit anymore. Now, although HIPAA doesn't prevent you from installing cameras, this doesn't necessarily mean that facilities have to allow them. 
For most facilities, you have to get permission. But as of 2020, so this year, states such as Illinois, Kansas, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas, and Washington have permitted the installation of cameras in residents' rooms as long as the resident and roommate, if they have a roommate, have consented. Now, in the case of dementia care, it may be as long as maybe the power of attorney or the guardians have consented, but you would have to look into that because I'm really not sure. Some nursing homes may also have some type of language in their admission contracts, banning cameras or imposing specific requirements for their use. And it gets even more complicated if you're trying to record versus just kind of like the live stream. The point is, it's best to just get permission before attempting to secretly install a camera and open up yourself to some major issues. If you have an attorney you work with, you may want to also reach out to them to discuss the legal and practical implications of putting a camera in your loved one's room while you can. Another question that I got is, is it safe to send outside gifts and packages at this time? I want to send my mom a card or care package so she knows I'm thinking about her. So some studies have actually found that at least some coronaviruses can potentially remain capable of infecting a person for up to 24 hours on cardboard and up to three days on plastic and stainless steel. And the window of becoming infected is the highest in the first 10 minutes to two hours. So, if you're going to send something to your loved one, to your partner, you want to be kind of mindful of what you're sending. And two, before sending or leaving your gift, I would call the facility and ask about their current policy regarding gifts, packages, and cards. Because some facilities are actually accepting packages for residents and they're just disinfecting them the best they can upon receiving them and others may have more strict protocols. So you just wanna call and check before you go through the effort of trying to put something together for them, okay? The next question is, my mom's facility's allowing visitors still, but should I go? So as I've mentioned previously, if it's not essential that you go, I personally wouldn't at this time. But I do understand why people want to see their loved ones, not only because it's what they're used to doing, but also because if the counts right now are relatively low in your area, it may be one of the last chances to see your partner for a while. Because if the numbers do increase, your partner's facility will likely go into lockdown. So you can opt to take advantage of it and just make sure you take extra precautions and consider going literally straight from home to the facility, no stops in between. You really want to limit your exposure to the outside, okay? Now, I'm sure that the facility will still have certain policies in place that visitors have to meet for infection control purposes. So you can't be sick. If you're sick, please just stay home. A lot of facilities, they're going to check your temperature. They're going to ask you questions at least. You're going to have to wash your hands or at least use hand sanitizer. They may or may not have gloves available for you. It just kind of depends because there is quite the shortage of Supplies like masks, gloves, hand sanitizers, those sorts of things, okay? So you also want to 
Try not to be too touchy-filly during this visit, and you also might want to consider keeping this visit a little bit more brief than you typically would. You don't want to be there all day. You want to keep your visit pleasant, sweet, short, okay? So I'm down to the last two questions. The next question is, what is the best way to explain to my spouse why I can't go to the nursing home to see him because they have closed it to visitors? So the answer to this question really depends on the stage that your partner is in. So for example, if your partner is in the early stages, let's say like two, three, four, then it's very likely that you could just tell them something like, hey Joe, I won't be able to see you for a couple of weeks. There's a little bug going around. They're just trying to make sure that everybody stays safe. But as soon as I can come back and see you, I will be right there. You know, let them respond to that bit, and then you can add how you will keep in contact with them, whether it be by phone or if you talk to the staff to arrange some type of video call. Just make sure that when you explain it, if you really want them to understand what you're trying to tell them, you want to keep it simple, sweet, and short. If they're in like the later stages, like five, six, or seven, then the concept of time as far as telling them that it's going to be two weeks or whatever, that concept of time might not necessarily register for them. So for example, if you're gone for two hours, it could feel like two days for them. Or if you're gone for two days to them, it could feel like two hours. Because as dementia progresses, the concept of time kind of diminishes. So de-emphasizing the fact that you won't see them for a while and just emphasizing the fact that you miss them, you can't wait to see them, is better, okay? Asking them about how they're feeling, how their day is going, and just really trying to keep the conversation in the moment. Because if they don't really have a concept of time, and they don't really remember when you come, and when you don't come, it's going to be less important to emphasize the fact that you're not going to be there. Besides, that could also cause them to like freak out and that anxiety could actually end up lingering into other things because they can continue to feel anxious but not understand what the anxiety is attached to. So you remember telling them that you're not going to see them for an extended period of time, but they might not be able to remember that you told them that. All they know is now they feel anxious or scared or whatever they're experiencing and they don't know why and it could just linger, okay? So like I said, just try to keep the conversation in the moment if your partner is in the later stages. That would be my recommendation. So the last and final question is, what do they do about staff? Are they locked in too right now? So most facilities are not locking in staff members right now, meaning that the staff members don't have to like stay and spend the night. Now, if the coronavirus got bad enough, they might keep only essential personnel in the facility and mandate that they stay on site to work their shifts and any non-essential personnel would be sent home and they wouldn't return until things are good to go. But right now, a lot of facilities are just doing screens. So essentially, they'll have to sign in, they have to get their temperature checked, there's sometimes like a questionnaire they have to fill out if they have any symptoms, whether it be before they get there, when they get there, once they're there at any time, if they start experiencing symptoms, they have to stay home or go home. 
So there's definitely a protocol in place that the staff members must follow. Now, staff members should already be doing the basics like washing their hands, wearing gloves when it's appropriate, things like that. Some facilities do even have enough masks where staff members are wearing masks, but again, some don't because there is quite a shortage. Some facilities are making staff members disinfect their shoes upon entry to the building, things like that. So just know that staff members are not just getting a pass and that there is a screening process in play to make sure that your partner is staying as safe as possible within the facility, okay? So that's all the questions. I hope that I was able to answer some of the looming questions you may have about dealing with the coronavirus and the lockdown and restrictions that facilities are placing on visitation, and even when it comes to visiting your own partner outside of a facility. If you have any other questions, if you want me to do a part three, please feel free to email us at podcast at whatthedementia.com. It can be related to this topic or it could be other questions. You can also go to whatthedementia.com and leave us a voicemail with your questions. For now, I hope this podcast was interesting and informative and that you learned something of value. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. We look forward to catching you on the next episode. Take care and until next time, stay strong, carry on, and remember you are not alone. Bamboo Care is always here.